0: On this podcast, Pastor Moody brings us a message entitled, Because, his scripture text to be taken from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 13, verses 7 through 14. Here now, Pastor Moody.
1: I have a word from God that I've came with this morning. I'm going to go and give it to you. One word from God. My word is, Because. That's my message this morning, because. Those of you that are grammar students, which I'm not, but I looked it up, because is a conjunction. and In a sentence, a conjunction ties together the result of the action or the consequences of the action or the effect of the words. In other words, I'm going to sleep because I'm tired. Amen, are you with me? And the Lord began to deal with me this week, and I've studied it and been looking it over and praying about it. And I found there's some things in the Word of God that are going to happen. Some stuff's going to take place bad stuff and good stuff. And the only reason I can tell you is because. Because it's here. Because God never changes. Come on, somebody, because He's real. And the circumstances, and uh, I learned something this week. I learned about something called a cancel culture. And the world may say you're a victim of the cancel culture. But that's not true because. Come on, somebody, because. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I dare you touch somebody and say, I'm going to make it, I'm going to heaven. I dare you tell somebody I'm going to shout my way through this, and then look at them and say, "Because, just because God said I would." Amen. Stand with me for the reading of the Word of God. Woo! Hallelujah! Victory is mine and yours because. You know, it doesn't matter as much what people say about you as it matters who said it. I've mean, had all kinds of people say you ain't going to make it. But I am because. Because he said I was. I dare you look at somebody and say, I got things going my way now. Come on, you might as well confess it. if You're you going to sit around and say, well, daddy was a drunk and mama was beat me and I was mistreated and my life was a wreck and my kids went crazy and, and I ain't got no money and my job closed up and I'm just not gonna survive. But I've come to tell you none of that's true because because all things work together for good for those who love God. How many love God in this house who are called according to his purpose? How many can say, I know definitely he called me He called me to the cross. He called me to Calvary. He called me to the Holy Ghost. I'm just saying, because. Tell somebody I came out of the past, out of the darkness, because I saw the light. I heard the man. His name was Jesus and he called me. I want to tell you a little bit about what I'm about to read Israel had decided they did not want Samuel's leadership. They did not want a theocracy where God spoke the word and it happened. Samuel's sons had become wicked young men. Samuel was old, so they wanted a king. And God said, if you really want one, I'll give you one. But he'll take your daughters, he'll take your sons, he'll, he'll be hard on you. And so they kept on, they wanted a king. So God found a man who was head and shoulders above everybody else. But he was humble. Because the day they was going to anoint him, how many knows the Bible said he was hiding himself among the stuff. He was over there crouched down in the corner. Not me, not me, but you're it. And so when the Lord anointed him, when Samuel anointed him, he said, you're going to go down here to this place and you're going to meet a company of prophets and they're going to start prophesying. And the spirit of God is going to come up on you and you're going to prophesy. Now, I'm talking about a scared young fellow who did not want any part of this. But then Samuel said, but when you prophesy, you're going to become a different man. And all of a sudden he met a troop of prophets and the Holy Ghost fell on him and he got in the spirit and started prophesying. Woo! <laughs> because God said he would. And he became the king. But he disobeyed God. And some things happened because. Now this is not gonna be a negative, beat you up because. But I'm gonna bring you from back there to up here because of what Jesus did. Amen? Amen. Let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 13, starting verse number 7. The Bible said, and some of the Hebrews went over Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. As for Saul, he was yet in Gilgal, and all the people followed him were trembling. Now, the reason why they were trembling was that the Philistines who had been lords over them, Jonathan, Saul's son, had went down and conquered a garrison and killed a bunch of them. So they brought all their armies. Now, listen, they came with 300 chariots. They came with tens of thousands of soldiers, every one of them with armor and shields and swords and spears. And the children of Israel had not a weapon in the land because the Philistines wouldn't allow them to have a blacksmith because they would make swords. I'm not preaching now. I'm just setting you up. And they didn't want them to have any weapons. So they're going to battle. They're outnumbered. They're outmanned. And look at your neighbor and say, my God, they were unarmed. They were unarmed. There's no way you're gonna, I mean, you are not gonna walk out in the street with Matt Dillon and win the gunfight. Amen, are you with me if you're unarmed? Somebody shout, yes, pastor, amen. They're unarmed. They've got no weapons, amen. And uh, so Samuel tells Saul, you wait seven days, I'm coming. When I come, I'm coming with the remedy. I'm coming with a word from God. So the Bible said he tarried seven days according to the set time that Samuel had prophesied and appointed, but Samuel came not to Gilgal. He didn't show up, and the people were scattered from him, scattered from Saul. He's standing there scared, and Saul said, bring hither a burnt offering to me, and a peace offering, and offered a burnt offering. I want to say this. He messed up because he's anointed to be king. He's not anointed to be priest. Somebody help me. He stepped out of his office. And it came to pass that as soon as he had made an end of of the offering, the the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came. I need to tell you, Samuel said, I'll be there in seven days. He came late on the seventh day. Touch your neighbor and say, don't worry. God's going to move. Look at him and say, because he said he would. Amen. So he gets there late on the seventh day. And... uh, He made it into the burnt offering. Samuel came and Saul went out to meet him that he might salute him. And Samuel said, what have you done? And Saul said, because I saw that the people were scattered from me and that you didn't show up when you were supposed to and that the Philistines had gathered themselves together at Michmash. Can I go on and say, we didn't have no weapons and we're unarmed and it looks like we're going to die. Look at somebody and say, we're all going to die. That was the mentality that they had. Therefore, because of that, that's that's another conjunction. Therefore, am I right? Where are you at, Nick? That's another conjunction. Therefore, said I, the Philistines will come down on me at Gilgal, and I have not made supplication to the Lord. I forced myself. I made myself, amen, offer a burnt offering. Verse 13, and Samuel said to Saul, you've done foolishly. You've not kept the commandment of the Lord, which he commanded thee. For now the Lord would have established you in your kingdom forever and they said but now thy thy kingdom shall not continue the Lord has sought him out a man after his own heart somebody say David and the Lord hath commanded him to be a captain over his people here's the word because because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded you I just want to say right here 42 years in this I've watched men and women turn away from God because they lost patience They didn't believe what God said. Circumstances got too bad. Some part of their plan fell apart. It seemed like they couldn't make it. And they turned around and they gave up. And they should have held on. You know why? Because. Because all the promises of God are yea and amen. Because what God has promised, he will perform. Y'all, I'm going to preach it in a minute. I'm just trying to help you right now. I want you to get this word in your spirit. When you get up in the morning and you still think about that child that's on drugs or that parent that's on drugs, or you still think about that, that financial situation not being like it should, or you get up in the morning and you think, man, this junky car I'm having to drive, I don't know if I'm going to make it or not. I want you to be able to lift up your hands and say, well, I'm coming out of this valley. I'm going to lift my hands and praise the Lord. Not... Because of how things look But because of what God said Come on I've got a because I've got a conjunction That connects me to the God that said it Can you say amen Oh hallelujah Father thank you for the word of the Lord I pray that you move That you touch us That you anoint us And Lord that you move in Jesus name And let your will be done Amen You can be seated Hallelujah God speaks to Saul and says, I'm not going to establish your kingdom because you didn't have patience. You didn't wait. You didn't trust me. You thought to take spiritual matters into your own hand. Can I get a witness? I've seen people get ahead of God. Don't feel guilty. Abraham did. How many knows God said you're going to have a baby by Sarah and he went into Hagar? Hagar. And and from there we get Ishmael and the Arabs who've been trying to kill everybody in the world ever since then. We might, well, I'll just go on. It does not pay to to get ahead of God. It does not pay. I thought about when we trust God, things happen. The word because. There was, of course, David's son, Solomon, who got elevated to the throne. He was young. He didn't know anything about anything. Here he was, found himself king over the greatest nation on planet Earth, His father, David, had been the greatest king the world had ever saw up to that point. And so God, he's praying and God speaks to him and says, Solomon, what do you want? What would you ask of me? He knows, David has told him, God has said he's gonna establish his throne forever. There'll always be somebody on his throne after the seed of David. And so Solomon says, well, I'm young. And so he he says, I need to know how to guide these people. I need wisdom from God. I need to know how to be able to believe the Lord. I want you to touch somebody and tell them that's the greatest need of your life. You need to know how to trust God, because if you don't trust God, trust me. There are things that are going to happen that you're going to wish you had of. And so he says, "I need, I need guidance. I need wisdom." So God comes back to him and watch what God says. God says, "Because, because you didn't ask me for wealth, I'm going to give you wealth." Because you didn't ask me for military might and victories, I'm gonna give you victories. Because you didn't ask me for for multitudes of seed and progenitory, I'm gonna give you that. And so Solomon begins to move in the favor of God and all of a sudden the scripture says that the queen of Sheba came to see his kingdom and she said there's never been a man with such wisdom. Not only did God give him wisdom, but he had more wealth than you can ever imagine. Can you say Amen. I want to say this. I've found myself in 42 years of being in time, Sister Sally, where where maybe your family feels today because they've suffered two tragic losses in their family this week and uh, where some others in the church that have suffered some losses are feeling yourself right now and it looks bleak and it looks dark and you don't know if you're gonna recover from this place that you're in or, or you feel like joy is lost. You might be thinking, I'm gonna make it but it's not gonna be a very pleasant trip. You may be here this morning and somebody broke your heart. You may be here this morning and I got to go back here for just a moment and say that there's somebody here this morning and the Lord keeps dealing with me about this. You were abused as a child or something sexually happened to you that shouldn't have happened while you were too young. Somebody help me under, help me just right now as I talk about this. I've come to tell you that there's stuff in your life that casts long shadows. But can I tell you there one day rose? Amen. Thank God, the star of David. There was one that rose. We call the bright and morning sun. And can I tell you when you come to Jesus? amen he said behold I make all things new can I tell you because he's the lily of the valley can I tell you because he's the son of God can I tell you because he had said before Abraham was I am can I tell you that he said thank God amen whatever you ask in my name I will do it I want to tell somebody you may be addicted to drugs but he said because of who I am who the son of man sets free is Oh God, he's free and deep. I want to tell somebody. Circumstances can look dark, but I'm standing here to tell you we've got a word from God. And that word is because Hallelujah!
0: Hallelujah!
1: Oh, I dare you, turn around and look at somebody, maybe even somebody you don't know, and say, because he's Lord, because he's God, because he's on the throne, he's gonna take care of your mess. Whoa! Shout now! I'm gonna make it because I've got victory because, hallelujah, I will not fail. Because, can I tell you, you want to talk about cancel culture? Let me talk about cancel culture. This cancels despair. This cancels discouragement. This cancels brokenheartedness. This cancels doom and gloom. Somebody help me. This cancels poverty. I'll find you in a minute. This cancels loneliness. This cancels unworthiness. This cancels sin. This cancels death. This cancels bondage. Move along. Because... Let me go on. Samuel, amen, dealing with Saul was brokenhearted. Saul just kept going from bad to worse. How many knows when you're the prophet, when you're the man of God, you've poured oil on a man and you've prophesied over him and said, you're gonna become another man. How many knows it happened like he said, but because of, of, of Saul's actions, Amen, it was canceled, amen. He became part of cancel culture, can you say amen, that God had spoke over him. Your Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 15, the word of the Lord came to Samuel saying, amen, it repents me that I've set up Saul to be king. Amen, he's turned back from following me and has not performed my commandments and it grieves Samuel and he cried to the Lord all night. The Bible said, verse 12, when Samuel rose early, amen, to meet Saul in the morning, he, it was told Samuel saying, Saul comes to Carmel and behold, he set him up a place and has gone about and is passed and he's left and he's gone. On down to Gilgal. In other words, he's, he's just wandering around. And Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said to him, Blessed be thou of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. God told him, I want you to go fight Amalek. Amalek was the type of the flesh. He said, I'll have war with Amalek forever. Amen. Amalek was the, troop or the tribe that attacked Moses when they were coming out of Egypt. Amen. And they attacked him in the back of the camp where the children and the ladies and the weak were. They they ambushed him. Can you say amen? And God said, I want you to go down there and I want you to kill and destroy Amalek. And uh, I, I want to tell you, all of a sudden, amen, God has said, I want you to hear me. I want you to understand something. This man had, his, had the touch of God. God on his life, but he disobeyed God. Can you say Amen? And God said, "I want you to kill Amalek. I want you to destroy the flesh. I want you to wipe it out." Can you say Amen? Kill the women. Kill the children. Somebody said that sounds harsh. No, sir. It's uprooting sin and uh, and that uh, that brutal spirit that attacked Israel. And he said, "Kill the king." And when Samuel so showed up, Saul said, "Man, I think you say all these words with S's. It gets a little hard." That when he showed up, uh, old Samuel, Saul said, I have done what you said. Notice what he said. He said, then what means the bleeding of the sheep in my ears? Amen. And the lowing of the oxen which I hear. And Saul said, they have brought, amen, brought them from the Amalekites. For the people spared the best of the sheep and the oxen to sacrifice unto the Lord. Let me tell you something. When God tells you what he wants, that's what he wants. He don't want what you want to give him. He don't want, amen, the way you want to do it. Somebody help me. If you don't do what God says, the way God says, do it. Amen. I'm not telling you he's some hardcore, mean God, but I'm here to tell you, you can lose out on your anointing. You can lose out on your blessing. If you look up one day and the God that used to touch you and bless you, amen, all of a sudden everything's going haywire. I dare you look at somebody and say, it's because He's in a mess. How many understand that? They spared the best of the flock to sacrifice to the Lord. And the rest, he said, the rest we have utterly destroyed. Samuel said to Saul, amen, and I'll tell you what the Lord has said to me tonight. And he said to him, say on. And Samuel said, when you were little, in your own sight, remember you were hiding in the stuff, And you thought you can't do this on your own? And was thou not made head of the tribes of Israel? And the Lord anointed thee, amen, to be king over Israel? And Saul, uh, amen, and Saul said to Samuel, Yea, and he said, uh, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and have gone the way which the Lord sent me and have brought back Agag, the king of the Amalekites, have destroyed the Amalekites, but the people took the spoil, Amen. Of the sheep and the oxen that they brought the good stuff back, amen, which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice unto the Lord. And Samuel said, Has the Lord have such great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the word of the Lord? Because to obey is to better than amen than a sacrifice, and to hearken is better than the fat of rams. And he said, For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Anybody hearing me? Stubbornness is as, amen, as iniquity and idolatry because you have rejected the word of the Lord. He has also rejected you from being king. And I told you that tragic story to tell you that we can we can miss God, we can disobey God. Amen, when I was a boy, I disobeyed my daddy. Amen, sometimes I did it ignorantly and sometimes I did it willingly. My daddy was old school. He was an astronomer. He believed in putting stripes on the sun. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? My daddy could correct you, amen, and make you remember the next time. And the Bible said, what son is not chastened? Let me translate that. You mess with God's plan, God will whip you, amen. He'll deal with, don't mean he don't love you. Paul said, whom the Lord loves, he chastens. God Come on now, this ain't real seeker friendly and ain't real popular, but I got to tell somebody there's consequences of when you get in trouble, it's usually as a Christian, it's usually because I miss God. So now let's, let's turn that around. Let's look at what happens when we do obey God. You see, we're saved I want to help somebody right now. Sometimes Christians can't see what God's about to do. Sometimes unbelief becomes a problem for Christians. The Bible said He's given us, Jesus said, you know, Paul said, a measure of faith. I want you to know you've got faith. How many believes that? They brought a young man to Jesus. The scripture said in Matthew 17, you know the story, started verse 18. The Bible said the young man was rebuked, was demon possessed and the devil threw him in the fire and tried to drown him and hurt him, tried to kill him. And the scripture said Jesus rebuked the devil and departed out of him. And the child was cured that very hour. And the disciples came to Jesus and said, why couldn't we cast him out? And Jesus said in Matthew 17 and 21, he said, because of your unbelief. Now I, I gotta stop right there. What I need you to understand is these are disciples. These are men who have left everything to follow Jesus. And they would remind him of that. How many knows they're believers. Peter would say, we believe you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, flesh and blood didn't tell you that, my father did. I want to tell you that unbelief is a spirit. Come on, we're gonna talk about spiritual warfare just for a moment. It's a spirit. Jesus said, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, what's this, and nothing shall be impossible to you. Can I say this? You don't have to fly across America and find some big name television preacher to get a prayer answered. On, and I'm not down on big name television preachers. But I'm telling you, God, I'm gonna help you right now. God has gave every one of you a measure of faith. He's gave it to you. Somebody shout yes. yes. How many's got faith? Yes. Can I tell you how I know you got faith? How many saved in the house? I'm gonna tell you, when you were yet in sin, God gave you enough faith that you could believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Hallelujah, that's what the Bible teaches And then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God and you're growing in faith. here's here's what I said in the early service I want you to get this in your spirit you might say sometimes preacher there's a mountain that I just don't think I can handle sometimes it's easy to pray for a headache but when the doctor says cancer how many knows that's a different story but here's what I want to tell you God gave you your measure of faith is anybody with me and can I tell you I believe that the measure of faith Paul said let everyone minister according to the proportion or the measure of faith that he received from God. I'm about to shout because what I'm about to say, they may look at somebody and say, get ready. He's about to tell you something. I want to tell you this. I believe that the measure of faith that you have is sufficient for whatever mountain you you might face because it didn't come from you. It came from God. Hallelujah. When God gives you something, I'm going to tell you it's enough. Hallelujah. Grace is sufficient. Where sin doth abound, grace does much more abound. Faith is sufficient. I've seen God move mountains. Can you say amen? I told them the story this morning, in the nine o'clock service, about the lady that they'd gave up for dead. And the children were already called in And she'd been in the hospital for weeks And they'd said today she will die They'd be lucky they called and said You'll be lucky if you can get there before she dies Dallas Alexander was here preaching revival Dallas and I got in the the car And we drove to Lexington Went to UK Hospital We parked in the garage We walked across And we're going across that long corridor Over into the Markey Cancer Center And this lady's laying in there dying And when we're walking down that corridor All of a sudden I begin to feel a wind blow I started doing that right there I started feeling a wind blowing And Brother Dallas looked around at me and said Brother Owen, he said I've I'm a feelin' the Lord That's the way he talked He was Jackson County born I'm a feelin' the Lord I said I am too Dallas And we walked in the room There stood all those daughters And those children around that bed Them grandchildren That woman looked like a sack of bones Laying there They would said she was gonna die You could smell it It was in the room You could feel it It was in the room You could feel the remorse The death that was there And we started to cry, Hallelujah to pray And that same wind That blew down that hall started stirring in that room hallelujah we prayed God in the Holy Ghost real good we got done they was all looking at us like what in the world just happened and brother Dallas looked up and said this is the word of the Lord held that big hand out said this lady will not die here she will not die now he said she'll live and declare the goodness of the Lord we turned to walk out of that room and can I tell you that in three days that one that was all but dead walked out of that hospital under her own power and she lived for a few more years and she did not die with cancer are you hearing me I'm telling you your faith can move the mountain that you're facing the mountain that you're facing you see unbelief is the spirit and when Jesus said why can't we cast it out and Jesus said, "Because of your unbelief, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you could say to the mountain, be removed,' it will be removed, and nothing shall be impossible to you." And then in verse 21, he said, "Howbeit, this kind goes not out but by prayer and fasting." And God's taught me some stuff about that. I've walked in a room where demons manifested, and I wasn't praying, and I mean, I was praying, but I wasn't fasting right then. I wasn't in a fast. And I dealt with that here a while back. I got called to the house of demon-possessed person, and it was a strong It was a strong spirit. And on the way there, I'm driving out there, and I'm thinking, oh, God, I haven't been fasting. I'm not ready for this. And the Spirit of God rebuked me. And I said, what is it, Lord? He said, you fasted 21 days. He reminded me of that 21 days of prayer and fasting. He started telling me, all of a sudden, started, I started remembering. Other times that year, I'd fasted and prayed, fasted and, fast and prayed. And God said, go in there and deal with it. Hallelujah. I walked in that room, that thing bowed up in that man. He, he looked like Superman when he come up off of that bed that thing ground at me, started talking to me with, with that demon's voice and every bit of me looked at him and said, shut up. He shrunk back down the bed. I said, now in the name of Jesus, you're coming out. He said, you can't cast me out. I said, I'm going to cast you out. Hallelujah. I feel like Frank Foster said that time. I feel like I could swing over hell on a thread and shout boo at the devil. Praise God. I was ready for battle. The anointing rose up because the anointing destroys the yoke. And when the, listen, anytime you confront somebody that's demon possessed and it manifests, trust me, the spirit of fear comes along with it and your hair will stand up and you'll feel chills and, you, and you'll almost get afraid. But I want to tell you, perfect love, cast out fear. Amen, and there's no power that can resist what you've got in you. Amen, not because of who you are, but because of who he is. Hallelujah. I'm not going to preach all day, I'm going on Hebrews 3.17 you might say I've grieved the Lord I've failed God have you really? have you really? has anybody ever felt like you've come up short? let me raise both hands anybody ever feel like you've missed it? missed the mark? at the end of the day you got ready to lay down and say man, why does God even love me? <laughs> I'm glad we're all in the same club I mean, you don't have to shine your halo and float around in wings to be used of God. I want to tell you something right here. You and I need to understand, amen, that we are a people that God loves. And the Bible does say, grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby you're sealed until the day of redemption. And you can do stuff and say stuff that you ought not say, and the Holy Spirit will deal with you. And you can go to some backslidden preacher and he'll pat you on the head and say, baby, it's all right. It doesn't matter what you do. You ain't never gonna lose it. And, I, and don't get me wrong, God is not sitting up there with an eraser or an ink pen just waiting to rub, to rub your name out because you messed up. You see, we go too far one way, or we go too far the other way. But I'm here to tell you that that there is a God that wants you to be blessed, to walk in the anointing, amen, to to demonstrate his kingdom, to show, you know why? Because he bought you with the blood of Jesus. And Hebrews chapter three, verse 17 said, with whom was he grieved for 40 years? And and, and was, was it not with them that had sinned, willfully sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness, under whom he swore that they should not enter into his rest, amen, but amen to them, Glory to God! That believed not the ones that let unbelief rob them of the favor of God, and He said so that we could they could not enter in because of unbelief. But I'm going to tell you something: We're believers. We believe in Jesus. Can you say Amen? How many believes He was virgin born? How many believes He lived a sinless life? How many believes He died on a cross? How many believes He was buried and got up in three days? How many believes he walked around here for 40 days? Amen, speaking of things and demonstrating the kingdom of God. And your Bible said by many infallible proofs showing that he was the son of God. And then he left them, can you say amen? And he went back to heaven. I wanna tell you the reason why we're gonna make it is because of this. Amen, the cross may be empty and the tomb may be empty, but can I tell you the throne is full and Stephen said, I see Jesus standing at the right hand of God. I believe that and because I believe it, the Bible said you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth Lord Jesus God raised him from the dead you shall be saved everything in your life is different because of one more because and that because is because he lives he's alive are you hearing me one time years ago I was working in a factory and there's a man coming there we're doing some contracted work and he was a, he was a Muslim. He converted to Islam. He was raised in a Baptist home. His parents were, were Baptist Christians, good people. He rebelled. He got out in the world. He joined, he joined up with Islam. And we were working back there, you know, and he was doing some work around my area, doing some electrical work. And we got to talking and I had a Bible in my pocket. I was carrying around a little New Testament. I carried back then I could read them without glasses. And I was carrying it around and I'd get on break and I'd get, read some scripture, you know, and everyone, one of the things were slowed down. He said, oh, I see you're carrying a Bible. I said, I am carrying a Bible. He said, why do you carry that? I said, because I believe in God. He said, I believe in Allah. And he had this little hat on. I said, well, good for you. And uh, I said, I believe in Jesus. He said, I believe he was a prophet. I said, I believe he is the son of God. He said, God didn't have any sons. I said, yes, he did. I said, he had one son. His name was Jesus, only begotten son. He contradicted himself. He said, well, God's got other sons. I said, you just say he didn't have any. And he said, well, Job said there was a day when the sons of God came before the Lord to present themselves. They were angels. They were created sons. But I said, Jesus was fathered by the Holy Ghost. He got irate with me. He got a little upset. And I said, if you don't believe that, he said, if you don't believe that I'm he, you'll die in your sins. I said, I don't care how many times you pray your prayers, how many rugs you kneel on, how many times you do all the things you do. If you do not accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, sir, you're going to hell. And uh, we weren't angry. We were just having a mild Bible discussion. And so I presented Christ to him. And, And I want to tell you, Jesus said this, I know, and and we talked and the next day he come back and he put up some pretty good arguments and he said, well, what have you got to say about Jesus today? I said, I know where he is. He said, what do you mean you know where he is? I said, I know where Jesus is. You don't know where Muhammad is. Somebody might bomb my house if I hear this message, but I don't care. You can go to Mecca and millions of Muslims make that sojourn. To to walk around, they're there by the hundreds of thousands walking in circles around the mosque at Mecca, and Muhammad's old dry bones are in there. And there are old Muslim men who go there and they take a knife and they poke their eyes out because they say, We've seen all we ever need to see. We've seen the place, and they'll tell you where Muhammad's bones are. But I've been to the garden tomb outside of Jerusalem. And on the wall it says, in three different languages, he's not here, he has risen. I told my friend that, he said, well, anybody can write that. I said, but wait a minute, I'm not finished. I said, because in John 14, he said, I'm gonna pray the Father And he's gonna send you another comforter that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it can't see him. They don't know him, but you know him. Amen, you can see him because he's in you. Can you say amen? I know Jesus made it back Because he said when I get back I'm sending back another comforter The Holy Ghost fell On the day of Pentecost He lives in me today He bears witness with me I'm a child of God Come on somebody Hallelujah They can't see him They don't understand it But God we know him Well I know him I said, do you know about it? No, I know it. He talks to me. He makes a word come alive to me. Jesus told Nicodemus, he said, you can't see the wind. You can't, you don't know where it's coming from. You don't know where it's going. But he said, you can feel the effect of it. And so is everyone. Look at your neighbors, that includes you. Everyone that's born of the spirit the Holy Spirit bears witness with us that we're the children of God. I got baptized in the Holy Ghost forty-two years ago. I got born again by the Spirit. Then a couple months later, I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. God is speaking in tongues. Are you hearing me? And I've operated in the gifts of the Spirit. I've seen. I've, I've born the fruit of the Spirit. I've seen the anointing come down, and God begin to use men and women that you would have never thought that He would use. Come on, somebody help me. The Holy Ghost is real. He's here. He's empowered the church, the church was born on the day that he came. can I shout something to you, the church ain't leaving till he takes them out glory to God, he's gonna be the one that raised Jesus, that's gonna carry us out of here because because he lives I can face tomorrow because he lives, all fear is gone John 14, 18, Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. I'll come to you. Let it yet a little while and the world sees me no more, but you see me. Because I live, you shall live I also. And that day you shall know that I'm in the Father. Amen. And you in me, and I in you. I want to shout it again. The tomb is empty, the cross is empty, but thank God the throne is full and Jesus is there and the Holy Spirit is here. Thank God we have a reason to believe that things are going to work out. I know that these are different times. This last year, Dylan said a while ago, it's been a year since we've had kids ministry. Some might say because of a pandemic. We've seen people that have not come back to church because of a pandemic. And some just been out so long they forgot about God. I'll just leave that right there. If you're at home and you don't feel safe to come, I'm not criticizing you, I'm just saying. I'm just here to tell you some stuff happens because of other things that happens. But yet, we have a promise. We have a promise, and what he has promised, he's able to perform. How many believe that? And all of his promises are yea and amen. And we know that we're in the end times. We can read what Paul said. The men would be scoffers and mockers and say, where is the sign of his coming? They'd be unthankful and holy, disobedient to parents. They'd disregard authority, not pay attention, amen, criticize, speak evil of dignitaries. I can go on and on and on. The, 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 The media is so full of end time prophecy being fulfilled. Not only that, but but there's generations of people. Uh, I heard that, that in Louisville, I think it was yesterday we heard about it, that a, a police officer stopped a car for a traffic violation. And in a few moments' time, there were mobs of people holding up vulgar signs and shouting vulgarity at the, at the police officer. The Bible speaks of that in this last day. Listen to what John said, John, first John chapter 2 and verse 18. He said, little children, it's the last time. Talk about the last dispensation. And you have heard that Antichrist shall come. Even now there's many antichrists whereby we know that it's the last time. Amen. And he said, they, they went out from us. Amen. And uh, because they were not of us. For if they had been of us, amen, of they, they would not have went out. Amen. That they might be made manifest that they weren't really Christians. They didn't really have it. But he said, but you have an unction from the Holy One. Listen, and you know all things. How many are are happy you know everything? Don't be afraid to raise your hand. I'm talking about children of God who got the Holy Ghost in them. I'm gonna tell you he'll bring all things Jesus said to your remembrance. I want you to get. You need to get out of your stinking thinking. I don't know what to do. I don't know how I'm going to handle this. I don't know how I'm going to solve this. I don't know what to think about all this that's going on. In the, here's what you need to think. You need to hear what he says because Jesus said when he comes, he'll teach you all things. Amen. All things that I've commanded. I don't much need to know what's going on in the world as long as I can know what Jesus has to say. I dare you look around somebody and say, "Praise God, I know everything." But add this to it, I need to know. Tell him I know everything, I need to know. Jesus don't mess around with the trivial junk. He don't care about the soap operas of society. He don't care about the mess that the world's putting out. But when it comes to his children, he said when that enemy comes in like a flood, the Holy Spirit will raise up a standard. You have an unction what an unction is it's an empowerment it's, it's an ability that comes from God that lets you do what you couldn't do I said it earlier I'm going to say it again God gives you an unction to function praise God <laughs> that keeps you out of defunction amen or debunction I'm glad that the Holy Spirit comes and he helps me he guides me listen I've looked death in the face Amen. I've I've called death off of people. I've called death off of myself. I've I've had the enemy come to destroy me. He comes not but for to kill and to steal and to destroy. And sometimes when he comes, it looked like it was the last moment of my life. But when the Holy Spirit shows up, come on, somebody, somehow that car that was gonna plunge into that tree gets turned the other way. Somehow when the Holy Spirit comes, are you hearing me? When it looked like that thing was gonna destroy my child or your child, this God is able to turn things around. Both of my daughters are alive today because of what I'm telling you. I remember one time many years ago, I was in the bed and the Holy Spirit woke me up at three o'clock in the morning and said, you need to go to that church and you need to get on your face. And I got up that morning and I went to the church and I was laying right there on that floor on my face before God. I was overwhelmed by the presence of the Lord. I was praying in tongues. I didn't know what was going on. I was interceding. I didn't know for who. And all of a sudden, it's, it's probably not daylight yet. I hear those doors open back there. I'm laying on my face. I hear feet coming down the down the aisle way. I'm afraid to look up. I think, dear Lord, there's an angel has walked in here. The power of God was so real. And I thought, if I look up see him, I may die here today. I was a, I, think what you want to think about me but I'm telling you I was scared to look up and about that time those feet stopped right by my head and I heard a familiar voice of a man who was one of my mentors and he had drove all the way from Barberville, Kentucky and he walked in and he said hey man God get up and I got up and I looked and there was my friend. He said the Lord woke me up this morning about 3 o'clock and told me that I needed to come to you with the word and you know what he said? He said Satan has devised a plan and his plan is to take your children out and break your heart and destroy your, what you're doing for God. And he said, but this is the word of the Lord. God said, I have stood up for you. <laughs> Woo. And can I tell you, within the next day, my oldest daughter had a car wreck. There was no way she should have ever got out of it alive. Amen, when they when they called me, said, you need to come. I got there, I saw the car, my heart sank. I said, God, but you said. And I looked up and she came out of the people's house, didn't have cell phones, where she called me from, walking down that driveway, running to me, healthy, not a scratch. Or, I'm here to tell you. I've got those phone calls. Mandy had a car wreck on 421. When I got there, a woman, a girl, pulled right out in front of her. She T boned her. The motor was in the front seat. There's no way. The car was totally destroyed. She was sitting on the back of a tailgate of a pickup truck with a big red mark across her where the seat belt had kept her from being, uh, you know, just projected out of that car. And that, that EMT said, man, the seat belt did its job. I walked over, looked at that car. I looked back then I said no sir the Holy Ghost (laughs) the Holy Ghost did what he said because God wants you to hear me because you're saved the devil's not going to get your child you might say pastor He's already got her. He's already got him. Yeah, but I'm here to tell you, because you stand on the word of God, because you stand up and say, Satan, I rebuke you and your addictiveness over my child. Don't sit around and say, I'm gonna lose that baby. Stand up and say, because I'm blood washed and sanctified and I'm a child of God, I'll take authority over the devil. Hey, hey, can I say this? Her baby's alive, tried to swallow razor blades, tried to kill herself. Now, can I tell you, God brought her out. I've come to tell you, it's because of who you are. I don't even know if I preached this right, but God wanted me to tell you it's just because, because of who you are, because of who he is, because you're his, because your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. I don't believe all the negative reports that come my way. I mean, you get a letter in the mail or, or something happens and you get frantic and you start all of a sudden imagining all the mess that's going to happen. And God's saying, why don't you stop that? Won't you stand up and say, I'm coming out of this because? Won't you come out of this and say, I've got victory over every demon of hell because? Why? Well, because why? Because Jesus got up out of the tomb. Because Jesus went back to the Father. Because Jesus sent back the Holy Ghost. Because he's in me and he's telling me everything I need to know. See, this world's messed up. and this world, Jesus said it's gonna wax worse and worse. But those who live righteously and do justly Can I tell you, the Bible said they'll shine like the stars. Have I got any stars in the house? Hallelujah. Won't you just wave your hand and say, God, make me a star. Hallelujah. I'm not talking about some rock star, some, some football star, some basketball star. God doesn't have to give you a platform in the NBA to be a star. Somebody help me right there. God can make you shine in the darkness. God can make you be a light where there is none. You may stand with me if you would. I was thinking this morning about a time when the disciples said this to Jesus. Logan, they said to Jesus, Why do you speak in parables to the world but plainly to us? And he said, Because it's not given to them to know the secrets of the kingdom. Remember the word I I read you Jesus said about the Holy Spirit? They can't see him, but you can. They don't know him, but you do. How many know the Holy Spirit? I know I've done ask you that, but I want you to get this in your mind, in your heart. I know the Holy Spirit. When I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, there was an organized move to try to stop me from, from experiencing the Holy Ghost baptism. When I got it, they said, you need to stay away from that Holy Ghost stuff. One man told me, he said, you don't need the Holy Ghost. I said, what do I need? He said, you need Jesus. I said, I can't reach him. Come on, somebody. I said, he's on the throne. He hears me. He makes intercession, but I need a God here. And the Holy Spirit is, he's not just an it. He's the third person of the Trinity. He's God, the Holy Ghost. And he came. When I couldn't get to him, he came to me. So God wants you to know, that he's going to teach you all things. He's going to bring all things to remembrance. He's going to tell you that your faith can move that mountain, baby. He, that you've seen it. You've seen him move those mountains. He's not done with you yet. Don't don't drift away. But draw nigh to God; He'll draw nigh to you, and you'll have faith that you can resist the devil. And you go still yet. There's many mountains that you're going to move. I heard the Lord just say that. But I've got to listen to the Holy Spirit. Can you say, "Amen"? John, First John two twenty one said. I have not written this stuff to you because you don't know the truth. Amen. But I've written it to you because you know it and know lies of the truth. I mean, when the devil looks at you and says, You ain't going to make it, they look at him and say, Liar. You're a liar. You're a liar and the daddy of a lie. You're the father of it. Amen. That's what Jesus said. We don't need to play footsie with the devil. Look at him and say, You're a liar. The Holy Ghost and the Word of God says. And when you do that, He'll flee from you. Let me go on. We know that everyone that's, every spirit, 1 John 4 and 2, that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Every spirit that won't confess it, amen, that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. But it's that spirit of Antichrist, whereof you've heard that it should come, and now that it's already even in the world. Let me translate that. That simply means that the Holy Spirit will tell you that Jesus is there making intercession for you. The Holy Spirit will tell you that whatever you ask in the name of Jesus, it will happen. Does anybody believe it? Come on, I says anybody believe whatever you ask in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit says it'll happen. Whenever two or three agree together, that's why when they start having these prayer meetings and it was just two or three or four and they was just meeting up in the balcony, they didn't get discouraged. They kept saying, God, you said we was going to have a prayer meeting. And just before I left for Florida, the Thursday night before I went to Florida, there was about 60 in here. And the power of God hit this place. And stuff's been happening because, listen, the Holy Spirit said it, would because. Just, that's just it. Somebody say it out loud. Say because. Because. Now, then he says, the antichrist, the devil, the, 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 the trash, the that's being spewed out by Hollywood and the media, the, the atheists, the unbelievers, the, the Eastern cult religions, are, they've always been doing it. But listen to what John said. But you are of God, little children, and you have overcome the world. You've overcome them because greater, that is it is, because, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world how many's glad he's in you today how many's glad you can hear him today it's not late I'm going to close here just a moment I left my watch at home today and this is worrying me to death doing this, I just felt like God told me to come here and tell Richmond House a prayer today Some of you, you've about gave up on your children. Some of you children about gave up on your parents, your siblings. You feel guilty because of it, you don't want to. But they've given you no hope. But your hope is not in what they're doing. Your hope is in what he said. And he's alive. Can I get a witness? He is alive. He is standing at the right hand of God. Seated in heavenly places. God gave him a name above every name. That's included above the name of Satan, demons, drug dealers, drug addiction, pornography, whatever it might be. Amen. Illicit sex, perverse sexual lifestyles. God's gave him a name above all of that. And the Holy Spirit can set you free. No matter what drove you to where you are. You need to be free because who the Son of Man sets free is free indeed. God want me to just come and preach today and say because. I want you to write it down in big letters and tape it on your refrigerator and say because. Put it on the dash of your car where you'll see it. Because. Put it on the your. your uh, what's that thing? Screensaver on your tele on your cell phone. Cell phone. I start to say cell phone. On your cell phone. Put it on the screensaver because. Let it get in your spirit because of what he said. He's alive right now. You can be free. Look right here at me. I'm going to say this. We're going to pray. No matter where you are, no matter how you got there, no matter whose fault it is, because Jesus died and rose again, you could be free. The Bible says if you believe with your heart, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. I'm telling you, I believe that anything is possible. I believe every mountain that I'm going to face, I can move it because he gave me enough faith to do it. He gave me faith for my need. Amen. According to the proportion of my faith, He gave me the faith that I could deal with it. He gave me an unction to function. Come on, somebody. That's you. He loves you. He wants you to make it. Amen. You're going to come out of this valley. Lift your hands and praise the Lord. Father, in Jesus' name, deal with that backslider, that sinner, that one, God, that's struggling, struggling to see daylight, struggling to find hope. Let them see that our hope is not conducive to our circumstances. We have hope for an anchor for the soul, the Bible says, and our hope is in nothing less than a resurrected Savior, a soon-coming King who sent back the Holy Spirit, who's with us today to speak to our lives and give us strength. Your heads bowed, your eyes closed. How many in this room? Pastor, I needed to hear the word from God today. I need hope. I needed help, and I believe it's mine because Jesus is alive. That you just hold your hand up. I believe because he's alive, I'm gonna come out of this mess. God bless you and you and you all over the house. Hands are going up. Somebody else, hold your hand up. Because of who he is, I believe I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make it. Praise God.
0: hope you enjoyed today's message and we'll tune in again next time. Raising the Standard is the media ministry of the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. For more information on the various outreaches and ministries of the Richmond House of Prayer, please visit our website at www.arhop.life. Thanks for listening.